Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where when this amazing worker gets a new terrible boss, he decides to destroy him in the best way possible. Pretty much, he ends up taking a permanent vacation while still keeping his job, screwing his new boss out of his. It's genius. Let's get into the story. Screw me on my bonus. Make me do two jobs. Enjoy the backwater you earned. So back in the 90s, I was working for a European based financial firm. US offices were managed by Europeans with a regional head office in New York. Younger employees were generally underpaid and overworked, as in your first few years out of college, the promised reward was being promoted to a director position, where the salary, perks, and bonus structure would really kick in. Kind of like how law firms promote their younger lawyers to partners after a long wait. As junior associates, The only good news was that we received the same five weeks of vacation per year, plus a few weeks of sick leave, as our European counterparts, which for me meant a lot of camping and staycations during the summer, since I didn't really make enough to travel to exotic and expensive locations. The offices were set up in a way where the business development, BD, directors each had a junior associate. The BD guys would generally network, schmooze, and travel around their territories to meet clients and new prospects. Once back in the office, the BD guys would dump their meeting notes on the desk of their junior associates to follow up and land the business, aka a hunter-skinner model. As a junior associate, I was pretty busy assisting a BD, so I routinely rolled over at least two weeks of vacation every year. I'd worked at the firm for three years and was starting to get antsy for a promotion. Right after Thanksgiving, my boss in the West Coast office told me that I was being transferred and promoted to the Southeast office come the new year. I really had no interest in working or living in the Southeast, but I wanted to advance my career. I rolled over my usual two weeks of vacation into the next year so that I was eligible for seven weeks of vacation that next year. After celebrating New Year's with my family in CA, I packed up my car and drove across the country. Once in the new office, I settled in and met my new boss, who promptly informed me that he wasn't actually promoting me to director, though I was being given the responsibilities of the role as he judged me to be too young, but was also told that if I demonstrated that I could do the job, I'd be promoted next year. I was fuming, but I didn't have a choice other than moving back home and starting from scratch, so I had to agree to it. I disliked my new boss instantly. As co-workers told me, he was flaunting his management perks, which consisted of large allowances for housing and automobiles, which were paid for by sales production from employees like myself. It turned out that he was related to a serving member of the board of directors back in Europe, which is how he got the job as a regional manager. Everyone knew he didn't have the skills to do our job, so he just collected fat checks, went to expensive restaurants with friends, and billed it to the company as client development, all the while leasing a new Mercedes every two years on the company's dime, while generally being an idiot to everyone who worked for him. During the first week, I also met my junior associate, Jeremy. 
We sat down and discussed some accounts that I'd inherited that were in backwater locations None of the other directors wanted to visit Jeremy was professional, but I got the distinct impression Jeremy hated me though I didn't know why. I started traveling around to meet my clients and prospects over the next few weeks, usually spending at least three or four days on the road, back in the office on Friday to go over follow-ups on business leads with Jeremy and then execute whatever paperwork needed to be taken care of. About a month later, I returned from one of my trips and learned that Jeremy had quit. It turned out that he was mad that he'd been passed over for the position that I'd been given. I couldn't fault him as I probably would have done the same thing I asked my manager to hire someone else to back me up But he was hesitant to do so reasoning that my client portfolio was just starting out So I could do both roles until it made sense to staff up I pointed out that it would be hard to be an effective business development officer If I had no support system to help grow my client portfolio But he chose not to listen knowing that I had little recourse but to shut the heck up I spent the rest of the year working my butt off this was right before email and internet were common so executing business on the road was hard fax machines were the bane of my existence even though laptops were reserved for directors my boss was kind enough heavy sarcasm to let me use a company laptop on which i would handle all of the paperwork to process client business from hotel business centers late at night or early in the morning so i learned to live on five hours of sleep or to sleep on planes whenever I could. Sounds like fun. After dealing with problems from some irate clients, I eventually paid for my own personal cell phone. Not everyone had them in the mid 90s and our directors had just started getting company paid phones that year as I had to handle customers from the road. I just gave my personal cell number for clients to call so that I could handle problems as I went. I landed a few big clients by a combination of luck and hard work and got some solid referrals, which led to more referrals. So within a few months, I was gaining some serious momentum. Since I didn't have an associate to help me, that meant I spent the weekends and late nights back at the office handling paperwork, then back on the road during the week. I was so busy working both sides of the job that by December of that year, I hadn't taken my mandatory two weeks of vacation. I had some new clients that needed to be handled by year end. So I was granted a vacation waiver meaning that my seven weeks of vacation would roll over into the next year, adding up to 12 weeks of vacation plus sick time for the coming year. It was a big hassle for HR to process the waiver, but since I had produced a lot of new business, my manager was all too happy to order it done. I wasn't upset about working through year end, though I flew back and forth to CA for Christmas on a 24-hour turnaround. I rationalized it, hoping that I'd get paid the first big bonus of my career in a few months. At that time, European firms paid their bonuses in mid-April, while employees of US-based firms got their bonuses by the end of January. If you were planning on switching jobs early in the new year, working at a European firm meant that sometimes you left money on the table, aka golden handcuffs, so the timing of switching firms was important. I continued to work at my frenetic pace through April, taking no vacation as I was bringing in more and more clients and digging myself out of paperwork when I wasn't on the road. In the new year, we had some meetings about scorecards and sales goals, and I led my office in some of the categories and was number one for overall production. Finally, in mid-April, my boss called me in and announced it was time to discuss my bonus and annual review. I eagerly sat down, licking my chops, because I was assuming my bonus would be equal to my base salary, at least, 
if not double He handed me a piece of paper and it showed a number that was almost 90% less than I was expecting for my bonus I literally laughed out loud and told him it was a little late for an april fool's joke But he wasn't smiling He proceeded to tell me how proud he was of me But that since I wasn't a director the bonus that I received was the maximum amount he would give me as There wasn't any more money in the budget I sat there in shock for a while Then kept asking the same question in different ways Basically, why did he screw me on my bonus? It was like talking to a brick wall Despite pointing to the scorecard that showed me as the best producer in the office All the while having no junior associates He wasn't having it I was crushed But I then asked him if he was promoting me to director since I demonstrated that I could produce Hoping that that title would at least be a gateway into the big payday the following year He shook his head and replied Maybe next year if you prove that this year wasn't a fluke It was a gut punch He also rationalized that while my review was positive I had some flaws that I needed to work on Mainly that I didn't work very well in a team atmosphere I reminded him that I was a team of one, so there wasn't anybody on my team to complain about me. A switch finally flipped in my brain as I realized I'd just gotten majorly screwed and there was no change in the outcome. I told him that I was feeling ill and would be taking some sick days, so I got up and left his office. My coworkers said that I looked as white as a ghost as I walked out of his office, so they knew that something was wrong. I forwarded my incoming calls to his extension, packed up my important papers in case I decided to never come back, then headed back to my apartment in a complete rage. I called my family and told them that I needed to come home for some much-deserved vacation. So, after drinking myself senseless for 48 hours and forwarding all my calls to voicemail, I called into work the following Monday and told my boss that I'd be taking a vacation week. He was pretty angry about the short notice as he'd been dealing with my irate clients contacting him about their problems since I couldn't be reached and he didn't have much of a clue as to how to handle the paperwork necessary to do the work. So other associates were now being called in to help handle my workload. I flew home and made a few calls to people I'd worked with, hoping for some job leads. I managed to grab a lunch with an old associate who'd left the firm and he gave me some ideas and contacts. So I spent the rest of my vacation looking for a new job. I knew the timing sucked. So out of options, I went back to my job the following week. The first day back, I looked at my HR data and realized that I still had 11 weeks of vacation to use that year, plus a few more weeks of sick leave. Around that time, there was a company-wide conference call to celebrate a big company milestone. I think the firm was 125 years old, but I didn't care anymore. To celebrate the big anniversary, We were told we'd be getting an extra week of vacation that year meaning once again i had three months of vacation in my accounts as a high performer i was also selected to spend a few weeks in new york during the summer and fall for some management training so that meant even more additional time out of the office the next month was a blur of looking at different vacation options for me to take that year I'd accrued a lot of hotel and rental car points and frequent flyer miles during the past year of traveling around So I spent my days in the office doing as little client work as I could get away with While spending the rest of the time on the phone with the frequent flyer hotel points customer service reps Trying to squeeze as much vacation out of my miles and points as I could 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. By the end of May, I submitted my vacation request, which detailed how I was going to take 3 months of vacation in the 7 remaining months of the year. I submitted the forms to HR. And within a day, my boss called me in to discuss my schedule as he realized that I was basically going to be gone for almost two weeks out of every month for the rest of the year. I was wrapping my vacations around federal and bank holidays whenever I could manage it. He told me that he was rejecting my vacation schedule since there wasn't anybody to cover my clients in my absence. I asked him to call in the HR rep into his office to have his stance officially on record. He objected, but I said I wouldn't discuss such matters without an HR rep present. HR was called in and my boss told HR he was rejecting my vacation schedule. But HR responded that I was legally entitled to take those vacation days, so he couldn't reject the request. I also told him that, henceforth, I wouldn't be handling any of my customers from my personal cell phone if I was out of the office. So I'd be forwarding my work phone to his when I was on vacation or doing business development trips. I also told him that I was going to Europe on two different trips and would be unable to be contacted since I didn't have a company issued cell phone. He was fuming, but he knew that unless he promoted me to director and issued me a cell phone, he couldn't do anything about my new stance. After that, I only did business development in areas where I like to travel and more importantly, vacation. Until that point, I'd always said yes to any meetings in backwater locations if it represented a chance to land a new client. Having learned my lesson the hard way, I didn't want any new clients to begin with and certainly none living in areas I didn't like to visit. Trips to Florida became common. If I was traveling, I would typically spend Monday to Wednesday making very infrequent sales calls. Most of my schedule was falsified with fake prospects, so I could spend afternoons playing golf or hanging out at hotel pools, trolling for women my age. Then I'd take off Thursday and Friday with vacation and sick days so I could hang out and have fun, using hotel points to extend my stays for free. Since I was still underpaid, I ate cheaply and learned to squeeze as much out of my trips for the least amount of money I could manage while still having fun. My boss was now irate with all of the customer calls coming to him, but he refused to hire an assistant for me, so I kept forwarding my line to his when I was out of office. Whenever I was back in the office, which was pretty infrequently at this point, he would routinely lambast me with verbal warnings about poor performance reviews, but I'd just shrug my shoulders and tell him that maybe he was right not to promote me to director, since I was clearly such a disappointment. He was also annoyed because he'd been commended for having such a high producing office the year before, mostly courtesy of my efforts, and now he was getting a lot of heat from New York that his new client numbers were down. Since I had frequent flyer miles and hotel points, but not a lot of money, I backpacked through Europe on two different two-week trips that summer and also took a number of vacations back home, diligently following up on job leads on the West Coast that I'd cultivated whenever I was in the office. 
By October, I started to firm up some conversations with a prospective employer back in California, and I finally received a concrete job offer in mid-November. I waited until December the 15th to inform my boss that I was quitting the firm and told him I'd be using my two remaining weeks of vacation and sick leave so that my resignation was effective immediately. He was surprised that I didn't wait until April to leave, but I laughed, telling him I knew he was going to screw me on my bonus anyway, so the money wasn't worth waiting around for. He then asked me to stay through the end of January in order to give him enough time to hire and train an assistant or a replacement to handle my clients. But I refused, noting that Jeremy had quit 20 months before, so we had plenty of time to prepare for this eventuality. As I was packing up my office and informing my co-workers about my departure, I got a knock on my office door from the HR rep as he wanted to conduct an exit interview. He closed the door and I aired out all of my dirty laundry. I told HR the firm had lost me when my boss had screwed me on my bonus, repeating the story that there wasn't any money in the budget. The HR counterpart shook his head and laughed at my boss's stupidity, noting that since Jeremy had been an employee at the beginning of the year I'd arrived, his salary and bonus was actually in the budget for the whole year. As such, my boss could have allocated the amount that he would have paid Jeremy to my bonus, which probably would have kept me reasonably happy. Instead, he decided to screw me over. I moved back to California that week and started the new job the first week of January. Three months into my new job, I got a call from a co-worker at my previous firm. He called to tell me that after I left, HR from the head office in New York came down early in the new year to interview my former co-workers. Apparently, my sudden departure had raised some eyebrows in New York as they viewed me as a rising star and questions were asked as to why I left so abruptly. Apparently, other employees in my office had also gotten screwed in various ways, Lots of client development meal expenses were rejected for being too expensive by the guy who was routinely billing his meals with friends to the firm. So after listening to all the complaints, New York management decided to make a change years before he was due to be rotated back to Europe. Since he was related to a guy on the board, they couldn't fire him. So they reassigned my old boss to some backwater farm town. I couldn't pronounce the town, but I was told it was the kind of place that doesn't provide perks like allowances for housing, accounts for expensive state restaurants, or a new Mercedes. I started my own company five years back, and it's worked out pretty well. Even though I got screwed 25 years ago, I always think about that experience fondly, as I probably would have worked for a company like that for my entire life had I not been shown how companies and bosses would generally screw you over if given half a chance. It was eye-opening and put me on a path to eventually start my own firm. So for that, I'm forever grateful. I always think about that situation around New Year's to remind myself of how far I've come and for how not to treat my employees. Hopefully, some of you can benefit from my experience without all of the drama that I went through. Happy New Year. So there you go, guys. Uh, I've got to say, OP, you are an absolute legend. The things that you did to absolutely mug off your boss, all completely legally, by the way, all above board, just very sensible things, one after the other, to just completely destroy him. 
were great. And I loved every single one of them. I guess this just shows a problem with nepotism, right? Because the only reason that this guy has got this job, your boss that is, in the first place, is because, what, his family member's on the board. He clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, the things he's asking of you are silly. And the fact that he hasn't rewarded you for being one of the company's star employees. I mean, the board themselves have said you're a rising star and you get a terrible bonus when you're working so hard, putting in so much effort and then just getting no reward. Doing the job of two people, remember, and getting nothing for it. Yeah, silly. I mean, at the very least, Give him a promotion. That's the least he deserves. But hey, if you're not going to do that and you're going to mess OP around, well, he'll do the same back to you. And look, it's good karma once again. The good thing about this story is, though, that at least the New York office noticed how important you were to the company and there was a big inquest when you left. Look, it would have been better if they'd stopped it before you left and had fired the manager instead, but at least they clocked it, right? Because normally, like, you know, they wouldn't really care, would they? It's not really their most important thing that's going on at the moment. I'm sure they've got more important things to deal with, like the company's future than just one employee. But the fact that they noticed how good you were and how badly you've been treated is really important. And it also shows how important you must have been to the company for them to take any notice of you. Yeah, annoying they let it go, but at least you weren't just, you know, chucked out. No one really knew what happened. You were just gone and that was it. At least there was a proper inquest. You got some sort of justice in the end by doing well yourself. And, you know, seeing this guy get sent right back down the company ladder to probably where he belongs. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of r slash pro revenge. Really hope you have enjoyed it. If you did and you want to see more revenge stories right away, please check out one on screen right there. If you are new to my channel and you haven't already done so, hit this button to subscribe and you'll get notified about all my daily videos. And with that all being said, Happy New Year, guys. Have a good evening today if you're watching this on the 31st. And if you're not watching this on the 31st, well, have a good evening anyway. Because I can guarantee that at some point there'll be an evening coming soon. Love you lots. Have a good 2022. See you next year. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.